Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Baby Mamas No Drama. I'm here with Kale, of course, because she's always here. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. But I'm also, I also have a really special guest and she's my best friend and her name is Alessandra and she's here too. So she's going to be joining us for this episode. Say hi. Hi, um. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on because people, I feel like people don't really know much about me. People probably don't even think I have friends because I never post anything on my social media. <laughs> you got to keep it private, you know, personal. I know, but I'm really excited to have you on. And I know you've been, me and you kind of share a lot of the same um, co-parenting situation, I feel like between our parents and like things that we've been through. So I thought it would be really cool to get like another person's perspective, especially and bring them on to the podcast, because I mean, there's so much me and Kale can talk about on our ends. People pretty much know our situations already, but I always felt like me and you kind of like, that's kind of what made us really close too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to be here. And it definitely made us, we're like family at this point. You're my sister, your kids are my kids, you know, and um that really definitely connected us when you have such a similar upbringing there and like even just like our nationalities are very similar they're exactly the same so that's really really weird too so yeah I'm really excited also Kale she calls Joe her baby daddy because (laughs) she considers Vivi her daughter too so we all kind of are baby mamas together (laughs) (laughs) Wait, V, are you not all Puerto Rican? No, I, I am Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican, but I think my father's side has like some Italian. But I don't oh, okay. I don't really claim it because it's like very little. Okay, okay, okay. Because when she said y'all were, almost had the same nationality, I was like, oh, here I am thinking that you, I just only <laughs> thought you were Puerto Rican. Yeah, no, I claim 100% because it's like barely anything. But Alessandra, you're like half and half. Yeah, my mom is from Italy and my dad is Puerto Rican. Yeah, like my that's not like my parents. So when are we going to Puerto Rico? <laughs> yeah, please, whenever we can. I'm okay. ready for a vacation. Facts, I'm okay. going to go on vacation, but we have to be careful, guys. Yeah, definitely waiting until things are a little safer. But as soon as we possibly can, I'm ready. Yeah. I literally canceled my entire Bahamas trip because of corona and i'm just waiting to rebook it asap like i'm dying to go somewhere i feel you definitely need a vacation from this year of chaos that's for sure Hundred <laughs> percent. Mm-hmm. i feel like i've been so like as crazy as it sounds i feel like i've actually been so productive during this time because we didn't we don't really have a choice you know what i mean so like at home i'm busting my ass doing like behind the scenes work um because there's no other there's nothing else to to do yeah, because we want like want to keep ourselves busy and stuff. Right. Yeah, I absolutely agree. This year has definitely given me more time to do stuff for myself and like my own like brand and my own business than 
uh, I've ever had before. And I like, you know, gotten better at being in a healthier routine and stuff like that. And selfishly this year has been pretty good for me in some ways, you know, I just, I feel so much and so deeply for everybody else that it's just exhausting, man. I'm ready to lay on the beach as soon as I can. (laughs) What is your company and your business that you've been working on? Oh, so I'm a makeup artist and also just um, really focusing on my social media and making that uh, my content more regular and trying to hone in on a niche. I, for a really long time, struggled with that aspect of social media because I always was told to focus on one thing, like just talk about your makeup artistry or just talk about the clothes you like to wear or just talk about the vegan recipes that you like to make. And that's just not who I am. I'm really just an all-encompassing person. I'm an open book and I really like sharing that. And that's been really great to, um, to really like hone in on and just figure out like my style of like shooting all the stuff that I want to shoot myself and figuring out how to record everything. So that's been really fun. I oh you know what it's funny you say that because I feel like that was something that since I've been on TV like that's what they tell me is like focus on one thing and it's like that's not who I am yeah I I just I can't focus on one thing I don't know how to do that everything that I everything that comes to mind I'm like ooh how can I turn this into a business like I literally like I don't think one straight and narrow path like it for me it's like every anything and everything yeah I agree I I get bored yeah that's like, look at me. I'm like a freaking real estate agent and I work on social media and now I have a podcast. Yeah. You know, like we just do things nonstop. And like I always say, me and Kale are like the kind of people that like, as soon as we think about something, like we just go and do it. Go do it. Yep. And like that's like Kale, literally since we started the podcast, every little thing that's been popping up, she just like, <laughs> like she just goes and does. And I'm like, okay, like we're like both on the same kind of yeah same wavelength. Like we just get things done because we just want it done so fast. I, that's my problem. That's part of like, sometimes it's almost, it's like a blessing and a curse, right? Like yep. it's on one hand, it's good because you want to like get shit done quick. But on the other hand, sometimes I think too fast where it's like, okay, I should have maybe waited a minute to do this yeah. a different way. Or like even my pothead launch, when I did pothead, I was like, I wanted it so fast and right here and now that I was like, okay, well I should have really waited until I had like maybe like 10 products ready to go right out, right out the bag. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's, it's really a blessing and a curse, but that's awesome that you're working on that and trying to find like what works for you because I I definitely don't feel like it's the same for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I like to be multifaceted. I've never been a person that can just do one thing. Um, I like to do several different things. I get really bored and it doesn't fulfill me to do the same thing every single day. I mean, I'm only 29 and I've, I've changed my mind about what I want to be when I grow up all the time. I still have no idea. So it's fun, you know, like, how are we supposed to know what we're supposed to do for the rest of our lives? Like so young when we all have so many different things that interest us. Like, I can't do that. I've never been that type of person. And my mom has always been like, you get bored so fast. Like she's always, she's like, you have to calm down. Like I'm always just onto the next, onto the next. But I don't, I don't know, like, it is like a blessing and a curse, though, because like, sometimes if I want to focus on something, my mind just like wanders, you know? Oh, yes, I do know. But everything in its right time, I genuinely believe that you are in the exact place, as you're supposed to be at the exact time. And the universe has always shown that to me, even if I don't believe it in the moment, because I get 
really anxious and really impatient. Like I, like you guys, I want everything right now, right now, right now. I put in the work and I'm like, I'm not seeing the reward that I want just yet. Okay. Alessandra, like patience, you know, everybody has their own schedule of where they're going to get to their final destination. And it might not even be how you envisioned it. All you need to know is that you're going to do it and that you want it. And you just have to leave it up to whatever higher power you believe in. I believe in the universe and just do the work and it'll get there when you're supposed to get there, how you're supposed to. I genuinely believe that. I, I feel a lot of comfort in hearing you guys say that because this is a conversation that I have with my best friend all the time is like, Sometimes she gets really, really frustrated with me because I, because I'm constantly changing my mind. I want something more. I'm never satisfied in one thing. I have to be doing five things at once. And I think she, she actually gets frustrated with me because of it, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if it's from trauma and like my childhood or if it's like genuine, like other people are, are like this too. And it's, and it's not related to childhood or anything like that. But, um, I find myself sometimes it's like, I will really invest a lot of my time and effort and energy into certain things. And then it's like, okay, it was fun while it lasted, but now I'm not even into it anymore. And I want to completely switch gears into something else. And that's where I guess the problem is because I can't invest all this into it and then quickly change my mind. Oh yeah. I totally get that. Ask my uh, college debt, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get that. (laughs) You got your, you got your degree and like, um, public relations, right? Communications. Yeah. Same. That was cool. And I don't want to do that anymore. No, never. I don't think I ever wanted to do I it. should have done business because that's all I do. Everything to me is a business idea. So right. yeah. I don't know. And and to be perfectly honest, like contrary to popular belief, I don't actually like being the center of attention. So I feel like it would be really weird for me to then like be a news anchor or something. I don't want all eyes on me like that. Like I, just, yeah, I need to so go funny. like, yeah that's so funny to me because yeah I feel like you get really not like weird on camera but like if you know someone's recording you or something you just don't even oh I don't like it it makes me feel really uncomfortable but yet you're on a reality show (laughs) (laughs) it's so crazy to me that's so funny yeah I don't know I should have went for business I still want to be Olivia Benson when I grow up too so (laughs) I love it All right, what's the best way to get big savings on your favorite spring looks? Shopping at Ross. They've got you covered on all the styles you love, and you can save big and get top brand names for 20 to 60% off department store prices. So if you're looking for deals on shirts and tops, Ross is your one-stop shop. We're talking about savings on your favorite tops from your favorite brands, and it's spring, so you know Ross has savings on sundresses. We all know that. You want a deal on a dress? Ross has you covered. Don't forget the sandals. You know Ross has those for the low. From slides to wedges, find the brand name sandals for less. Deals on handbags? Yeah, hold my purse. Take the party outside with great deals on melamine dishes and more because we love entertaining outside, and there are even great deals on men's spring shirts and more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to a Ross near you and save big. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. So will your budget. Believe me when I say your wallet will thank you. If you really love savings, head to Ross today. Uh, We have so much time. You know, my mom is 56 and she just started her travel company and we have so much life to live, you know, like this, we can do whatever we want. We really can. And we can have it all. I genuinely believe that if we just work hard and we surround ourselves with the right people who are doing 
the same things as us in, in the capacity of they work hard and they're ambitious and they want to constantly level up because I don't know. I know you guys, actually, I was going to say, I don't know about you, but I do know about you guys are not, you don't want to be in the same exact position. You want more for yourself. You want more for your kids and you want more for your kids, kids. And I feel like you need to surround yourself with people like that. You know, it's really hard when I feel like people around me, I mean, V is this way and there's a couple other people that are close to me that are super ambitious and like very business driven. I, it's really hard when people don't understand that. And a lot of my friends are not like that. And so sometimes I find that as like almost like a roadblock, but they're, it's, they don't meet, they don't, they're not lazy. They're not bums. They just don't think the same way as me. And so sometimes it, it is a little hard because they don't help me, I guess, what is the word I'm looking for? Like inspire me, I guess. And I read a quote yesterday that was like, if you're not inspired by your, your circle, then you're not in a circle. You have a cage or something like that. You're in a cage. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard because like, I'm trying to find the balance of like having surround continuously surrounding myself with people who inspire me and not people that are just like, you just hang out and do nothing. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a weird, I don't know, a weird time. Absolutely. Your twenties is a mess. Like you, I feel like, uh, at least for me, I, I started my twenties with a whole different set of people that I surrounded myself with to the, where I am now in my late twenties. And it was way more people. My circle was way wider. I expanded my energy for everybody. I gave everybody the same energy. I put myself out there. I cared for everyone on the same level. And when you get older, you start to realize that not everybody loves the same way. Not everybody um, works the same way, like you're saying, and not everybody is going to inspire you. So those people slowly start to leave your life and that's cool. You know, everyone comes in, they serve their purpose. They're a part of that chapter and you move on. And I feel like you genuinely learn that from each person that you encounter, you know, and it's a weird time for sure in your twenties, because you're learning so much about yourself. You're having kids, you're getting married, you're starting several businesses, changing your career around. And I, those different stages in your life, I feel like all people are going to meet different needs and it's not good or bad. It just is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel definitely like throughout, especially moving down here and like being pregnant and stuff like that. Like I felt like I had like a lot of my relationships, my friendships mostly kind of like they just became a little more not what they used to be you know I don't know how to explain it you know but I realized it's because I was on I'm like living this life that they aren't even experiencing yet you know like now my best like Natalie's pregnant and all that stuff when I was pregnant five six years ago you know so it's like we were on totally different wavelengths and like she was on a whole different you know side of life at that time and I'm like just starting you know getting married and like having a baby so it's like crazy but I mean we still found that balance and remained friends, but it is really hard. Like I remember being pregnant and like going to, um, Maryland. I, we went to, what was it called? What's it called? That place that we went to, um, secret. So we went there and I'm like pregnant, but I wanted to be with my friends, you know? So I like, was like basically complaining cause they're like drunk and everything. And I'm just like, they're like annoyed and like, I want to be with my friends, but like, I mean, I know this is not me anymore, you know? So like, that was like a huge thing for me. Like, it was hard for me to feel like, oh my God, like, how can I still, you know, be their friend and enjoy things with them and have fun with them. But like, I'm still on a totally different, you know what I mean? It was really weird. It was kind of, it was really crazy for me to experience that. And I just started feeling a little more 
alone, I feel because I'm like, no one really understands, you know, like, and I, it was just, it was just crazy for me. But now it's I, like we're all almost at the, you know, everyone's having babies and like they're in their solid relationships. And I'm like, okay, like everyone's there now. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, it makes me feel better. But like, it was really hard for me back then. Like, I just felt like I didn't really have like my friends, you know? I kind of, I kind of relate to that. I feel like, but that's like more me now. Like I have a lot of like people that I used to consider friends are more of like my associates now. Like I really don't, hang out with a lot of people because they're not, they're not where I am still, because I mean, I'm four kids deep, you know what I mean? So, and then I'm, you know, not really, I don't, not with any of their dads. So it's just like a weird and like half my friends have kids and half of them don't. And then my best and closest friends that have kids don't live here. So it's like, you know what I mean? So it's like super weird, but I, I almost feel like it's kind of like a part of growing up. Like it's not just me that's in this situation. It's kind of like everybody, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. So so bad about it. Yeah, no, I don't. Alessandra's been like, she's one a rider, rider fucking die. Like you've been there for me since the beginning. Like she's one of the main my my, one of my main friends that I feel like BB really know has known since birth. Like you've never left. Like you've been there for me through everything. You know. So that was like I really appreciated that. But it's like you don't really find that once people. I feel like once you get pregnant and stuff like it's so, it's so easy for the people to be like, Oh my God, I can't wait to meet my niece and my nephew. And then boom, once it happens, they're like, you're like, okay, where the hell are you? Like, you know, like you're well, also, there. It was the distance too, right? Like you, I had to make the commitment and the decision to you and Vivi because she's important to me, just like you're important to me. But I feel like babies at a different level to that friendship because like, disappointing Vivi breaks my heart. Like if, if I say I'm coming over and I can't make it for whatever reason, I just dwell in guilt because she, you know, she doesn't, she's a baby. She, she's always my baby. She's not a baby anymore, but I tell her even when she's 21, she's going to be my baby. Um, she doesn't understand, you know, adult things that just like pop up and that just like shatters me. And I take that really seriously. That's a really big responsibility. So if I'm telling you, I'm going to be there for you, I'm going to be there for you. So making that effort to come and visit you once a month, I was in a completely different phase of my life. When you had BB, you were settled in your house with your soon to be um, husband and your baby. And I was partying every weekend and you know and for me that wasn't as important as taking that time off to go and hang out with you guys for a weekend I looked forward to it I loved it I cherished it I miss those times when I could come more often you know life gets busier but I don't know I love Vivi so much and I love you guys so I love you so much I love Joe so much I love Isaac so much I mean I have known Isaac since he was a little baby and just Isaac really loves her. She, he, every time she comes, he's like, Oh my God, she's coming over. I can't wait. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. Like, yeah. But like, she's been so consistent in my life to the point where not just to me, but like to the kids, you know? So like, that's something that as you get older, I feel like a lot of moms could probably relate to this, you know, like those friends really stick with you. Cause you can, you see who's like your real ones, you know? I remember when I first moved to Delaware and Javi was, well, I guess it, it was shortly after I moved here and Javi was deployed and I had like my people that were in my wedding that were like, oh, you never come to Pennsylvania. And I'm like, I'm two fucking kids deep and not one of y'all has one kid and you're mad because I won't drive to you guys one weekend. Well, I have a guest room here. I live in my own house. I don't live with my parents. You guys are more than welcome to come stay the weekend if you guys are off. And I remember distinctly a conversation who was with, it was with my maid of honor. 
And she was like, you never come here. No, I don't because I have two kids and I don't live with my parents. So you live with your mom and I have children I have to bring. I have to, you know what I mean? Like it was just so much, but it, it, it that was one of many things. Um, but you know, for the reasons why we're not friends anymore. Um, but I, I definitely think that that's when you hear about it, but until you go through it, you're like, Oh shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I never, I didn't think like that was going to happen to me. I'm like, Oh no, all my friends are going to stay. You know, like they're all going to be the same. They're all going to love my daughter. You know, I mean, not saying they don't love my daughter, but you know, you think they're going to put that energy just as much as you do. And like, that was the same as me, Kale. Like I was constantly going to Jersey, going to Jersey. And I got tired of that shit. I was like, if you want to see my daughter and like be in my kids' lives, okay, you can come here too. So I stopped that shit. I just stopped doing it. I'm like, at this point, if you're not going to make the effort to come here too, I'm just, I'm not even going to reach out. That's it. Yep. And that goes for family too. And we talked about that last week. Like if family doesn't want to make the effort, well, neither am I. So. Yep. I think that's, we have that in common. And I think that has to do with how we were raised. I I don't know much about your upbringing, Kelly. I know a little bit, you know, from the show. Um, I obviously know about the situation, but I feel like that has to do with how our lives were formed and the relationships we had like personally with me with my dad and then like watching my dad and my mom's relationship and how that was and I just know how it feels when an adult doesn't hold their commitment to you you know and like I said before I take it really seriously to when I make a commitment to Vivi or any other kid in my life that I keep that because those years are what form you it's how we we're sponges at that time. Our subconscious absorbs everything when we are from the time we are little, from the time we are conceived, pretty much we're in the womb, we come out and we see everything and we experience everything through the lens of everybody else and how they treat us. And therefore that's how we go throughout the world. And I just, I try to learn from that and never repeat those. I don't want to say mistakes, but things that maybe our parents didn't do. Um, They did the best they could, you know, but um, no better, do better. You know what I mean? You made a good point when you said that we, um, they're like subconscious sponges. And I think that's a good point because I can't tell you how many conversations that I've had, especially recently where like you have, you're having a conversation with someone and you realize like what something was and not necessarily trauma, but just anything in general. And you're like, Oh shit. Like that's what that was. You know what I mean? Like anything. It could be like, I I don't even know. Like, no, that's funny you say that right yeah I feel like I've been going through a lot of those lately I don't know why I don't know if it's maybe because like the state of the world we're in and my mind is just going crazy all the time but little things have been happening and I'm like holy shit like this wasn't normal for me to have gone through when I was this young or something you know like and that that really trick is like starts to trigger me because I'm like holy shit like I never knew back then that I was going to be as affected as I am now Mm mm-hmm Absolutely. That's a big part of spiritual awakening too. And I think just like becoming more in touch with yourself is um, the term is shadow self. We all have that, right? It's that part of ourselves that like doesn't always think the right things and may have a lot of negativity and things we need to like work past. And when you're like, um, on your spiritual journey, or you're just like working towards the path you need to be on those things come to light so that you can work through them and conquer them and move forward, you know? Yeah, I feel like I definitely have that shadow person a lot. Everybody does. (laughs) 
yeah. what is it called? I'm like, shut the fuck up. Your shadow self and working and like trying to work through that is called shadow work. I'm super spiritual. So um, as I've gone on this journey in my life, I've just learned a lot more about it. And um, shadow work is just acknowledging those parts of yourself, the darker parts of you that exist and coming to terms with them, understanding them and then not giving them power. So like our, like I was saying before, we absorbed everything through our subconscious via like everything that we were around, everything we consumed in the media, we watch, we see, we experience with our families, our friends, our entire world. And not all of that is good. Right. So, um, we, we absorb that and it stays and that causes us to think, you know, poorly and make bad decisions and be impulsive. And I, you know, I've, I've come a really a long way in my early, like from my early twenties to now almost going to be 30 next year. And, um, that's all to do with everything I ever went through, you know, and you have to learn and grow through that. So that's your shadow self, you know, that part of you that a lot of us don't like to acknowledge, but still exists. And we have to, in order to move forward. I actually struggled. I've talked about this before. Um, I've been in therapy for a little over a year now. And I always struggled with like really connecting my childhood to who I am today. I never really wanted to believe it because I feel like, you know, at some point you've got to let that go. It's you are who you are and you're responsible for the choices that you make today. But in therapy, I've kind of learned that everything that I absorbed subconsciously, as you like to say, as a child, it truly does affect who you are as an adult. And I really never was willing to accept that prior to this. So yeah, it's funny. It's just funny that we're talking about this because literally I was thinking about the other day, like, you know how you were saying you don't like to disappoint BB. Like if you make a commitment to something that's, we want to stick to that. So I feel like that were times where you weren't able to come like yeah I, I get mad like you know I, I would get upset but I wouldn't be like you know blaming it on you but right. I, the part of me that is the reason why I do get upset and I know it has not it has to do with my childhood is because like when I was little my dad when whenever he would have to come pick me up like he would literally tell me I'm coming to pick you up this weekend you know and then just completely not text not come so like I'll be waiting by my window all fucking day like waiting for him to come you know, and then my mom would be like, you can't do this to her. Like you're doing, you constantly do this to her. So this is like the memory that I have. So like, I have a really bad, like if someone invites me somewhere or we have, we have plans and then people just kind of like back out or like, don't even say anything. Like it triggers me because it reminds me of like, you know, I'm, I'm excited about something. Like I really, I can't wait. And I'm like waiting by the door, like I'm ready to head out. And then like, if it gets canceled, it like, pisses me off like it makes me but to the point where it just like makes me sad yeah absolutely that so totally I makes that, sense. and I like I was thinking about it the other day I'm like why do I always get so mad when people do this to me you know because I'm like I'm fucking 30 years old like I shouldn't be mad and I'm not one of those people like obviously I'm okay with if people cancel plans or something like that but I feel like when it's me and like my daughter or like something with family like it makes me even more like if I have my family that wants to come over and then they decide they don't or just any, anything, you know, like, and it just like puts me in the bad space and it makes me feel, it makes me feel sad, you know? And I'm like, I was thinking about it and I'm like, this, this definitely has to do with that. You know, like, I feel like it definitely goes hand in hand. And I'm Absolutely. like, I didn't think about that before, you know, but I'm like, yeah, I was triggered my whole fucking life growing up 
by what my dad did to me, you know, and like constantly mm-hmm. leaving me flat and like not giving me a reason and then just acting like everything was okay. Like that was okay. Like that was not okay for you to do. <laughs> so now that I think about it, it's like, holy shit. Like it was. Has he so ever funny. addressed any of that stuff with you? No. He's like, never, even to this day, he never addressed it. Like, so after he would tell you he was coming to get you this weekend and then he didn't show up, what you would what hear from him? I would hear from him probably like either he would like text my mom or like call us the next day. Like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Something came up like really, really weird. It's funny. Cause even when we were moving to Delaware, we were like, we were fine. Like we were texting, like we were hanging out and stuff. And then when I, when I moved, when I was planning to move, I was like, Oh, can you like come help me? You know, like I'm, I'm picking up stuff. Like we're putting stuff in boxes. Like, could you come help whatever? And he was like, yeah, I'll be there. And I waited for him all day. And then like the next day he said that he was helping my aunt with something. And I'm like, well, you could have just texted me and told me that, you know, at this point I'm a grown ass woman, like, you know, but that's something else that I was like, okay, this is happening again. Like it still hasn't changed. So I like little things like that, that I remember and I like, it keeps happening. So I know that that's like a trigger for me. So when people do that to me, that's probably like my biggest pet peeve. Like it just makes me insane. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. I didn't have that with anyone growing up. Like, I don't remember ever, like, some because I didn't have my dad at all. Mm-hmm. So I, nobody ever told me they were coming to get me and then they didn't. But I will say that if, to this day, if someone tells me we're going to do something and then they just don't hit me up at all and they're an adult, like, that's weird to me. Like, there's something wrong with that person. Like, I don't, why are you making plans and then you just don't text me and then the next time we talk, you'd be like, oh, I did something or, oh, I was doing this. Why don't you just let me know? Why don't you just text me and fucking communicate? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like me as a little kid, like, you know, I'm fucking waiting around for you. Like he'd literally be like, I'll be there in an hour. And like, I would not hear from him. Like, that's not normal. (laughs) That's not normal. That's weird. Why do people do that? These are grown people with kids. Like what? Yeah. And that makes you think you did something wrong. Yeah. That's why. Like, I would always be like, oh, like, what is it? Like, does he not, you know, but I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that's just something that I thought about that I like not even too long ago and I'm like this is this is why when things happen like this it really triggers me like it's literally something that I can't it drives me crazy and then it's not even it makes me feel bad sometimes too because obviously I know it's not the person like it won't be the other person's fault or they have a valid reason but it still doesn't cover the fact that I feel this way like I get over it but it triggers me because it just puts me back in that that memory of him. Yeah, that's, you know, that's 100% what a trigger is. That's exactly what it is. And that's what I'm saying about shadow work. Like that's what a lot of people fail to do. It's why a lot of people don't move on from the stuff that happened to them in their childhood and and in their past and traumas and things like that, because they don't acknowledge that they don't acknowledge the effect that it had because they never realized that they don't think about it. They, They don't take time to do that for themselves. Like, I know you mentioned, uh, Kale, that you were, you've been in therapy for a year and a half. That's fucking amazing. And I think everybody should be in therapy. Every single person on this earth 
needs it. And I think 2020 has shown us that, if anything at all, you know? Facts. Fucking facts. <laughs> I've been in therapy. It's been just a little over a year, but I don't know how I made it this long without it. Without it. Going 27 years without it. Because, I mean, it's it's really been... And I, I talk about it all the time. Like, it's something that I wouldn't, I, I just, I don't know how I'm going to go on without my therapist. Like, I don't know. I hope she doesn't retire anytime soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I see a psychologist. I don't know, like, what the difference is between, like, a counselor or a therapist or, you know, I know a psychiatrist is different than a psychologist, but I don't know, like, the other, regardless, I don't know, but I, I can't live without her, so. Yep. I think it's so important. And I think it's so important that we talk about it, you know, and we remove that stigma from getting help and acknowledging mental health and acknowledging that even though you are almost 30 and you may be married and you may be kids and you may be a mom, that it's totally okay to work on yourself and it's totally okay to need help. I think especially as women, and I'm not a mom yet, but I've worked in childcare for the last 15 years of my life. So I think I've come to understand moms a lot and understand also myself as a caregiver, um, what that entails. And I think we just give so much of ourselves because we've been told consistently that that's our role, that we often forget to take care of ourselves. And it's so, it is so important and not just for yourself, but for your kids. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, this is true. And this is why, like, I feel like even like we do, like we do so much, you know, like, and I always feel like, okay, I want to keep my business going and I want to do this and I want to do that. But like mentally, I'm always so drained. So like, even if I take a day to just like chill, get my life together, like be like, you know what, I'm going to take a chill day for me today because I need it. I still feel guilty or I feel like I'm not doing enough. Like I'm like, I should be working, you know? And that's something that I'm trying to work on because I don't want to feel guilty for taking time to get my mental health right, you know, because it's not easy, like doing things that I do on a daily basis on top of being a mom and taking care of the kids and making sure Joe is alive. And (laughs) (laughs) like, it's a lot. So I'm like, I, that's like, my main goal is to not feel guilty for doing what is best for me at that moment. Mm -hmm. And that's like the hardest thing that I struggle with. Like I, it's really hard for me to feel like I'm not failing or something. Like if I even take a day or like just kind of just drop everything I'm doing and be like, you know what? I can save this for tomorrow. Absolutely. I'll I'll feel like guilty or something. I read something recently um, that was saying that you, when you feel that way, you should talk to yourself as if you would talk to a child version of yourself. Um, so say if you had, if you have the opportunity as you as an adult now to talk to say like your eight-year-old self who had been dealing with all this emotional turmoil with your dad and this like um, energy expansion and you're exhausted, your mom or you as an adult now never would have told you you don't get to rest. You don't get to just go take a nap. You don't get to just be sad. You don't get to cry. You would never say that. So you want to acknowledge your feelings as if you're talking to that little version of yourself and nurture yourself the way that you weren't nurtured and the way that you wanted to be. And also the way that you need now, because I feel like as women, some women, not all women have maternal instincts and that's totally fine too, you know, but as 
most women feel this way. Most mothers feel this way. I think we can um, relate to that and acknowledge that a much better. And like, I started doing that and it's so emotional when you do, cause you don't realize that that's what you need. You need that permission from somebody, you know, and until you can just get it naturally, I feel like that's so helpful. Cause I struggle with the same thing. Yeah. No, it's something that I've struggled with. So I'm working on that, but even Joe, he's like, you need to take a break. Like you're doing way too much shit. And I'm like, my brain just doesn't turn off. And I don't know if it's just because. I you at 2 a.m. the other day because I couldn't turn my brain off. I told Alessandra, I was like, because I, yeah. I was at her house this weekend. And I'm like, fucking Carol is texting me at 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, go to bed. <laughs> Were you up and you ignored me? Cracking up. No, no I was not up. I was I was not ignoring you. I was knocked out like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> I literally cannot. And I don't know if it's because I literally just said this to Kristen. Um, I don't, Alessandra doesn't know who Kristen is, but Kristen's my best friend, but she also works for me. She's, um, you know, my assistant and just holds my entire life together. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been one of the, one of the things that I've been really trying to work on with her and not necessarily with my therapist is like really trying to manage the the balance between like my personal life and my work life because a lot of times I'll let my personal life affect like my work Mm -hmm. and since I've removed a lot of toxicity from my life and and people uh, and and no hard feelings I just I truly had to just like cut people off for my own personal growth and like it's been one of those things where like Mm -hmm. now I've just been my, my I can't turn my business brain off like I literally am up if I wake up with a baby in the middle of the night I don't go back to sleep because I'm thinking about work like it's work stuff now. And I don't know. I think I need to work on that part in therapy because yeah. I don't know. It's like all, I don't know. Like I have to keep my mind on something. Yeah, I know. I, I was like, Kale is literally texting me logos and shit at 2.30 in the morning. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like I, I thought you sent it to me just that morning. And then I look at the time and I'm like, what the, I was like, what the fuck is she doing up at 2.30 in the morning sending me this? Like go to bed. <laughs> But I know that's like how you are. And I'm like, I, she must be up with the baby. And then like her mind is just racing. I just, I got to check my email. I got to see what's going on. I got to see, you know, whatever. I know. But it's also like, do you ever feel like you, if you don't work, like you feel like you're not doing anything? Cause you know how they say like, you don't like, yeah, it's, it's one thing to hustle and like do your thing and be successful. But at some point you can't you can't overwhelm yourself with that. Like you can't just keep that in your mind 24 seven. You have to learn how to turn it off and like, you know, live in the moment and like just actually live your life and not just be business, business, business all the time. And that's something that I had a conversation with, with someone recently. And I was like, you know, it's funny because like, I feel like I'm constantly in that, that mode. Like every time I go home, I'm like, okay, hop on the computer, do this for business. Like, you know, and it's like, sometimes I feel guilty because I'm not even giving my attention to Vivi sometimes or Isaac when they need it. Cause I'm like, okay, hold on. I'm on the computer, you know? And then I'm like, damn, yeah. I can't, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that mom. That's always working, working, working. It's like, yeah, she's successful and she's good, but she doesn't really make the time for important things, you know? So right. that's something that I'm really working on. And I'm like, it's, it's okay to hustle and have a, a brand and a business and do you and, you know, work. And like, it's good to be a hard worker but you don't have to work 24 seven and you don't have to feel guilty about not working 24 seven because you're still doing the damn thing, you know? (laughs) 
Well, yeah, it's important to realize that you don't have to earn your rest, right? Like you don't have to have worked yourself to the bone to allow yourself to then be like, okay, I earned this time relaxing. No, you feel like you need the time to just shut off and fill yourself back up so that you can give that love to other people freely and not take it away from you and not pour from an empty cup. Then you just have to honor that. But it's hard, you know, that that comes with practice and time. Genuinely, I feel that way. I'll, we'll slow down eventually. We'll get it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> eventually. Not right now. But. <laughs> We're 85. We're old, right? In the nursing home, you know, just hanging. Who needs sleep? What is she even? <laughs> um, Honestly. Don't know her. Alessandra, why don't, I don't know like what, all, like, I don't know your, your backstory, but do you, are you comfortable talking about like your childhood and how you guys are similar? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, So my parents were separated um, my freshman year of high school. Uh, My dad had a indiscretion. And um, so they didn't divorce actually until my freshman year of college. So I went through all of high school with them attempting to co-parent and doing the best with what they had for me and my brother. I have a brother that's two and a half years uh, younger than me. And so my dad would try and come and have dinner most nights with us after work. And it was just, you know, it could be very confusing because they tried to keep about to say that. I was literally about to stop you because I was, there's a very fine line between like co-parenting and then like truly confusing the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just about to ask you like, what is that like to, for him to come like, Okay, I can see like holidays together maybe wouldn't be confusing, but like to come to have dinner most nights, I feel like would be very confusing. Yeah, it absolutely was. It was really confusing. And honestly, like not healthy for anybody, including them, you know, and they were doing the best they could themselves and try to figure themselves out. But it affected, obviously, my brother and I heavily. I was 14 and my brother was 12. So he didn't understand as much as I did. And I was a nosy kid. So like, they'd be like, go to bed. And I'd be like, okay. And I'd be like opening the window, trying to listen to their conversations outside or like listen on the stairs. So I was more um, intertwined with the emotional side of what was going on. And that really affected me. And it was not only just confusing, I held so much resentment for both of them. Honestly, I was mad at my dad. And then he would come over and try to still be that role of the parent and try to tell me what to do. And then he would leave and I would laugh. I'd be like, okay, for the next two hours, I'll listen to you. And then you leave. So it was just an unhealthy dynamic. I didn't really respect him in that parent role. And then I was confused by my mom. So I was like, what it was going on? You know what I mean? And I know that they did it because they wanted to um, give us some sense of normalcy. And I know they wanted to make sure that we felt taken care of, but to be honest, I wish they hadn't done that. You know, I wish that it had just been a kind of not like a normal arrangement, but something that would have worked for all of us. And my dad had two kids and very close together. So I know that my mom putting her own feelings aside and her own um, while being aside, like we were just talking moms too often, she wanted to make that easier for me and my brother to know my siblings, even if it didn't happen in the way that is um, traditional or in a way that any of us would have hoped for. She wanted that for us. And so I can't be mad at her for that. She really tried to give us that 
the best way she can, you know, and my mom and I are best friends. I love her to death. And as an adult now, I'm like, oh my God, you were put in such an impossible situation, you know? And, um, my dad and I have a strained relationship at the moment. I tried really, really hard for all of my life to just put my feelings aside about everything, you know? And, um, it's hard when you're parenting your parent, it's not your job. Even at, I'm almost 30, even as an adult right now, I'm still your child and I shouldn't have to be the parent or be the level-headed one or the one that communicates better. And so it was hard for both of us. Them trying to do that was confusing for me and confusing for them because my dad thought he could still have that same role. And I was like, there's no fucking way that I respect you and I'm going to listen to you like this. And so he was frustrated. I was frustrated. You know, it didn't harbor a space for open and healthy communication. Let's just say that. (laughs) No, I, I think to your point too, it's like, I think there's a lot of things that people in general struggle with when it comes to making those kinds of decisions. Like to me, hearing you say that he came over for dinner every night, like to me, that's weird, but like also being a mom and being an adult who have, who has split with my kid's parent, my, my kid's dads, it's like, I'm going to try to do whatever I can, whatever I feel like is best in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so even if it doesn't make sense to other people, that's what I'm feeling like is what is what's best at the moment. Right. And I think that is so hard too, because we live in, in a society and a culture now where like we're, we're, we're focusing on mental health. Right. And like, we're focusing, focusing on the effects of our kids and our own childhood that affects our children. And, you know, it's weird because I can put myself in a place where your mom would make that decision, you know? Um, but how do you, it, what if it's not the right decision, you know? And like, clearly you're saying like, that's weird, but she was trying to do the best she could. So it's like, how do you cope with something that, you know, wasn't healthy, but it was also the best that your mom could do, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think that just takes time, you know, and like lots of conversations between my mom, honestly, now as adults and I'm trying to just put myself in that situation. I'm not a mom, but my boyfriend and I are consistently talking about having kids and that's going to be in my future, uh, near future, you know, and I just try to think, I, I already feel so deeply for my kids that don't exist. And I just already know that I'm like moving in through my life, trying to make the, them have the best life possible. And so I understand that she did what she thought was the right thing, but also what she needed for herself at the time too, you know, and that's a hard balance. I can only imagine, you know, life is so complicated and just because you're a mom doesn't mean you're a mom first always. And it doesn't mean you always think with your mom brain, you know, yeah, exactly. that's the hardest balance. Yeah. And it's hard to find that. I'm sure, especially when you're going through heartbreak, you know, my mom was going through it, you know, it, it wasn't, it's, it, it sucked. She had to focus on herself, focus on her two kids and try and figure out what worked best for everybody. And, you know, they stumbled along the way and um, they did the best from how they were raised. You know, my my dad had situations when he was growing up that made him the way that he is, you know, and I try to understand that and I forgive him, but that doesn't mean I have to accept the behavior. Now I can make that decision and move on for myself, not necessarily for our relationship, but for me so that I can move on because you just leave that hanging in the balance. Like um, you were talking me in the last episode about your dad, like 
when he called you that time, it's like, oh my God, like if my dad's reaching out to me to like try and mend this relationship, then I'm going to do, I'm going to try, you know, but ultimately you have to do what's best for you. And you're not going to keep chasing after him to make the relationship better when you feel like it's not your job, you know? And you were, you were there when he called me, like you were the one that was Mm -hmm. there with me. And it was, it was so crazy. Like how crazy was that? My heart sank and it wasn't even me getting the call, you know, I'm like, Oh my God. Because I, I mean, I was with you through all the things, you know, especially like with your shower and your pregnancy and not having him through that and your wedding and you even struggling with whether or not to invite him because it's still your dad. I have those same feelings. Like my dad and I stopped having a close relationship three years ago. And I, like I said, I'm thinking about having a baby. I'm going to be getting married, you know, and it sucks to think about not having my dad there, but I know that I'm making the best decision for myself, even if it still hurts a little, you know? And, um, the reason that my dad and I don't have a good relationship is not necessarily what happened when we were kids and what led to my parents breaking up. Um, but how he handled it afterwards, like not taking accountability for his actions and, um, the way that he emotionally abused me, you know, and my brother and my mom and me having to witness all those things and never acknowledging them, especially when I bring them up to, you know, as an adult, adult to adult, not as a father child dynamic, but as adult to adult, I'm saying you hurt me, you did this and you can't acknowledge that and even apologize. And like, there's really nothing there for me anymore, you know, and it's sad and, and it hurts, but I've made my peace with it and I've kind of, you know, moved on from it at this point. And I'll always be there for him if he, you know, calls me and he needs me, I'll be there. But um, I think some people you can really just only love from a distance. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah. Just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Yeah, yeah. You kind of establish those that boundary kind of like, okay, I know, like you said, it's gonna be me loving you more from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. I think And you can only good. allow certain people access to your life so much. Everybody, but especially your parent. Because it's like you were saying, like it's your dad, you were trying, you love your dad. It's your dad, you're always gonna have that soft spot for him. I'm the same way. I was a daddy's girl, yeah. you know. So when they split, that was earth shattering to me. I was like, what do you mean? you know, and then he had his other family. So he wasn't around as often after a while, you know, they did the dinners, but that kind of dwindled. And then he stopped coming around as much. He stopped going to all my brother's baseball games, softball games that I was in, you know, like those things slowly stopped happening. So you kind of felt that like, oh, not only did you do X, Y, and Z, but now you've moved on to your other family. So you kind of felt like you were left. And I know, I know you had that like similar situation where he remarried, he had other kids and, you know, it, I don't know if you even got along with, I don't even call my dad's wife, my stepmom, to be honest. I don't, his wife, I don't know if you got along with yours. I definitely, definitely did not. Weird dynamics at first. Not yeah. that I didn't get along. I mean, I didn't really know a lot of the situation at my age about how my mm. dad got with her, you know? So I met, oh, yeah. 
I didn't really know, but now I look back and I know a lot more about them. Right. So like, mm. But like, I don't have any issues with them. Like I'm not, you know, like I would never back yeah. them. Like, but um, the only thing that I did have an issue with that I would say with his wife now is like, to me, if you know, he has a, he has a daughter and I'm not the only daughter he's like that he has had an estranged relationship with. Cause like the daughter that he had after my mom and that relationship, um, she had the same exact relationship with him that I did, you know, like he didn't see her, like they didn't have any type of relationship for years. So I think the only reason why they have a relationship now is because she got in contact with my sister and they're about the same, almost the same age around there. Um, so she really wanted to meet her sister and, you know, like know about her. She already met me. She knew me, but she didn't know her. So I think that's what um, she wanted. So now she's in my dad's life too, but he had to do the same thing to her, you know? So for me, it was like, how are you a grown woman and a wife and a mom? And you let him do this to his kids, you know, like to me, if that, oh, yeah. if that doesn't raise a red flag, I don't know what will, like, what makes you think he wouldn't do this to your, you You know, not, I mean, not saying I ever want him to do that to any of my siblings. He shouldn't have done it to anybody, you know, but to me, I just, as a woman, I don't think I would ever be able to be with a man who like didn't have any relationship with his kids. Agreed. I, that's something that I, that I will never understand. I mean, my, I met my dad when I was 17 Mm -hmm. and for him to have procreated again after leaving me, um, you know, and having my sister, I didn't know my sister until I was an adult. And mm-hmm. the fact that you, as a father, as a man, as just a person in general, like how do you cre- procreate and not one, not take care of one child, but then take it, not take, take care of another. And then I don't get to know my sister growing up. Like that's weird to me mm-hmm. where I'm literally like in my head, if any of my kids' dads were to have kids with other people, which they all do with the exception of one, I'm going to go to the ends of the earth to make sure that my kids have relationships with their siblings, if nothing else, because I mean, that's something that's like, they didn't choose that. You know what I mean? So that's so we- like, I don't get it. I'll never get it. Try adding in stepkids too, because then they take on the roles of kids that aren't even theirs. Right. Like, like why are you taking you even- and you can't take care of your own kid. Yeah, like how Ooh. how are you doing all that? And you still can't even it's just mind boggling to me. So that's like something that I it, yeah, it's a lot. But yeah, we have that we have that in common too, you know. My uh, dad took on that role with his uh now wife's kids too. And I don't even listen, like financially, he should have helped, okay? You have kids, you should take care of them. And I'm not saying he didn't, um, but up until a certain age. And I think maybe because we were teenagers, he thought he didn't, you know, have to keep doing it as much as he could. But I didn't tell you to go have two other kids and then take on responsibility for two more so that you have six total. That wasn't my decision to make. You're the dad. Like you said, Kel, you made that decision to procreate. You made that decision to take on this responsibility. Then you should see it through. And I think that's where I lost a lot of respect because up until my, I was 14, even let's say like 17. So my brother was 15 up until that point. My dad worked really hard. You know, he worked really hard to take care of us, to put us through, to, to put us in the places that would give us better education than he had so that we could excel beyond what he had growing up. And I will always commend him for that. And I respect him and appreciate that entirely. I will always say that. Um, but at, 
you have a commitment to your kids till you die. That's how, that's what I believe. I don't care how old your kids are. And even if legally, whatever, you're bound to 18, then you see that through till 18. You don't just stop because you think you're done and you took on these other responsibilities. And who, and like I said, money aside, emotionally, it's your job to help nurture. You know, I needed my dad and we had a relationship, like I said, up until I was 26, but that relationship was me nurturing my dad. That was my, that relationship was me being my dad's psychologist me being the adult of the relationship, my dad talking to me about his issues and not him nurturing me and taking care of me. It was always, oh, well, I treated you like this because this happened to me. You know, this happened to me though. It was way worse than what happened to you. So we'll move past that. This is what's wrong. And and so because he had these like bad things happen to him, I was like, oh my God, you know, I have to be there for him. So I kept trying and I kept trying because that's how our relationship was formed from when I was a child. He would do these things to me and then he would apologize to me. And I'd be like, oh, okay. You know, he's my dad. He loves me. Yep. And guess what? That formed my relationship with a lot of men before the, the yes. man I'm dating now, now. Okay. I'll tell you that. Yeah. That was an issue in every single romantic relationship I had until the one I was in now, until I healed that part of myself, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, we were coming back before we were saying, you absorb everything. Uh, your brain absorbs all that and it comes, it bleeds into every part of your life. You know, you also said something a little bit earlier about how your dad stopped coming to your brother's baseball games or something like that. Mm-hmm. to me, as a mom, I literally don't even miss a practice. Like I go to all my kids, even not when they're not with me, when they're with their dads, Lincoln has football four days a week. And I show up even on hobbies weeks. Mm-hmm. I can't, even if I was to be with someone else that had kids or, and I do have two other kids, you know, two babies that need my full undivided attention most times. Um, I still am. I'm not going to miss what Isaac and Lincoln have going on because I have other kids. So to me, I can't, I'm not going to make excuses for a man doing that to his other kids. Yep. Yeah. And, and it comes back to, um, this is the healing that he didn't do for himself and that he couldn't move on to what happened to him as a kid. And so he thought it was okay that because he provided us with shelter and he worked his ass off to get us there, that the other things where he didn't meet those expectations that were necessary, that that was fine. No, that's not how it works. Right. Definitely not. Absolutely not. And comes back to what V was saying, like my, his wife didn't say anything like that. I, I could not imagine having kids with someone if I saw how they treated their kids poorly, you know, like that they didn't have a good relationship or that it was strange or that they were upset or that they were angry. I would take that, you know, as a red flag and run, (laughs) but we can only control um, ourselves. That's something I've really been trying to work on. Is I was just telling Kale, like I think the last episode, like we have to, you kind of have to put your head into the space where you just have to come with terms with the fact that you cannot control what other people around you do, how they react to situations. Like you can only literally control yourself and how yeah. you react. And that's, I think that's the hardest part, especially for people like us, because we're such empaths and we want people to feel and think and see life the way we do so deeply, you know? And it's like, when they don't, it's such a disappointment, but it's like, I can't expect that from everybody. You know, I'm just going to let myself down all the time. (laughs) 
Yeah, my mom told me something when I was in college and I was struggling with friends. She said, you really have to stop expecting everybody to love the way that you do because you're the only person you're going to hurt is yourself. And when I applied that to my dad, which is the hardest relationship I ever applied that to, I recognized that then I had to remove myself from that situation. And I don't recommend that being everyone's first step. You know, we went through a lot of hard times before I made the decision for myself to take a step back. And honestly, uh, recently, actually, even in the last like month or two, we've had um, some conversations, my dad and I, and I was reminded that I made the right decision. You know, you have to um, accept that people are who they show you they are and not hope that they're going to change. Um, no matter how much you try to love them through that change, you know, try to make them change. You can't, especially when it's your own dad, it's not our responsibility. Like I was saying before, we are ultimately the children. We will always be the children. I don't care if I'm 60, you are my dad and it's not my responsibility. A hundred percent. I'm pretty sure I said that last week on the episode or, or a recent episode. Yeah. For the same way. I don't, I mean, I don't have my mom. Um, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and try to continue to forge a relationship when she's the adult. She's the mom. She not for nothing. She's got a lot to make up for, you know, from my childhood. And I'm not going to sit here and chase you like it just it's just it just is. And and that's it. But um, I'm with you on that one. I definitely don't think that we are responsible to to do that. Mm-mm. And I also, uh, I know you guys have a lot of moms listening and dads and families. And I just think it's really important for people to recognize that um, what your kids watching you in a toxic relationship is actually more detrimental to you just splitting up. I know my parents tried to make it work because they thought that that's what was best for my brother and I, but it wasn't. It, it was would have been way better if they had ended things in a clean break, not doing any of that dinner bullshit, not doing any of that fake holiday back and forth family un, unity bullshit. No, that's- a clean break way sooner than when I was 14, we all would have been able to move on with our lives a lot better. And I wouldn't have absorbed all of those unhealthy uh, relationship things that I did, you know, I, that is so important. That's like what I took away from, uh, my upbringing. And that also you are responsible for your own happiness and we can't have it from anybody else that it comes truly from within. And we can't control how other people treat us and how other people, um, move in their lives, but we can act accordingly, you know? Well, I think I'm sorry. I was, yeah, I was just going to say when you mentioned the dinners, with your parents, I was going to say, didn't you just, don't you just wish they would have just like been real and been like, listen, it's ending because I feel like kids struggle more when they see their parents trying to force a relationship. Like that's, I would never have wanted my mom and dad or to see my mom in a relationship where I knew she didn't belong and vice versa. Especially because you saw how toxic their relationship was. You knew how toxic your mom and dad's relationship was. I knew how toxic my mom and dad's relationship was. So I was like sitting there as a teenager, like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Who are we joking? This is, I know this is what you're saying partly for me, but what the hell is going on here? And it's important to talk to your kids too. That's another thing. The kids are so much smarter than we give them credit for. They're always listening and understanding, you know? Yes. I read something about it being so important to like apologize to your kids that um, adults, you know, parents can make mistakes. And so that's something that I have been really trying to do like yesterday I won't even lie I lost my shit I was um trying to get all four kids to football on time and um I had to pack the car up and obviously the infant is the hardest one yeah. um, but my old two just like weren't listening they like weren't paying attention I lost my shit but once I like 
got everyone in the car. We were on time. I was like, I was wrong. Like, I'm sorry that I yelled at you. I'm sorry that I, you know, cussed and, and, you know, I hope you can forgive me. And we kind of made a little joke out of it. And then we moved on. So like, I mean, it wasn't really related to co-parenting or anything like that, but I mean, as far as just like the trauma and like doing the right thing and and all of that, I I was like, I'm sorry. That was my fault. That literally happened in the car with baby. Remember when, when I like, (laughs) I didn't like, I don't even feel like I was yelling at her, but I guess because my tone of voice was really stern and like, it just, you know, so emotional. It's so emotional. Yeah. So she like started breaking down crying in her, but she also gets really even more emotional when she's like around you and like people because she wants to be babied. Oh yeah. It was like, I'm going to baby her. As soon as she started crying, Alessandra looks back and she's like, your mom didn't even yell at you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking back and I'm like, I'm sorry. Did I hurt? Like I, did I hurt your feelings? I'm sorry. But like, you know, this is what it is. This is what I'm trying to tell you. But she's just like so emotional. (laughs) but it's funny like I always if I feel like I'm wrong or something I have I always apologize to Vivi like I'll tell her some you know I'm sorry if I you know really yelled at you or if I hurt you you know but um you know mommy's not perfect like I admit to that and I know that but I'm gonna try I'm gonna try and be better it's it's okay mom you know like and it's like we're not perfect but as long as we acknowledge what we're doing and then try and better ourselves, you know, like don't apologize, but like keep doing it, you know, as just make it better and, you know, just form ways to like have that communication with your kids without having to yell and things like that. Even though I know it happens, you know, where mom's like, no, yes. it's perfect. I hate when people act like they don't yell at their, like everyone does it. Oh everyone yes. Does heard me yelling at my, at the kids and was like talking to his wife and was like, did you hear her? Do you hear her? And I'm like, okay, I said the, the F word a couple times. Like, give me a fucking break. They know I'm a single mom of four kids. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I'm an F I'm an bomb mom. Like, <laughs> like, that's oh, yeah. <laughs> like I drop F bombs all the fucking time. I think BB at this point thinks that that word is just normal. Whoa. Like I'm from, you know, I'm from Jersey. I curse a lot. And that's just what it is. I try not to, I don't curse at her. I try not to curse, you know, when she's around, but it, it happens. It'll slip, you know, I am not a perfect mother, but I know damn well, you know, if I do something and if I feel guilty about it and I feel bad, I need to apologize, you know, like, and that's just how, that's how I am. That's just what, that's what I feel is the right thing. And that's it. And that teaches them to do that going forward. Cause our parents didn't do that. So then I struggle with that. Our no, parents, my mom our- did that a lot actually my, yeah, mom, my mom would like yell at me and then she would come into my room and like she would be the one crying and I'm like mom like oh. we miss oh, funny me and my sister laugh about it now and I'll be like mommy was so soft <laughs> like she was so she is but she really is yeah but she has such a soft spot with us because me and my, my, my sister both have been through a lot with both of our dads we don't have the same dad and we've been through the same situation but um so my mom even if she would yell at us or like you know, while out, we we would go straight to our room. She'd be in our room in like 10 minutes. I'm sorry, Aww. guys. I love it. I'm like, Ma, stop. That's, why, that's <laughs> why you're able to do it. You know, I really don't do that well because that wasn't something that was taught to me. You know, that's what I was just about to say, Alessandra, I was about to say like, as for my mom, at least, or I don't know how old your parents are, but um, I don't feel like our, our parents generation really focused on mental health or like really acknowledging mm-hmm of these things and so I was about to like I said earlier like her parents didn't do shit but it's it's interesting that these mom did because my mom never my mom never apologized to me for anything she'll acknowledge that she's done shit mm-hmm. but she won't ever apologize for it yep same still sometimes we'll be talking I'm like mom 
hello. <laughs> and like, we have such a close relationship that I can just like, we call each other out on our shit all the time. Now she's my best friend and having gone through all that I did with my dad and our childhood has really brought us closer together. So it sucked in the moment. Uh, do I want anybody to have to go through that? No. But like I said, I genuinely believe you are put in the right positions. And I'm so grateful that my mom is my best friend, you know, and um, your kids are going to learn to do that for their significant others too, which is so important because they're learning that from you. We learn how to love via our parents. And then we take that when we go and we try to love with our significant others and then our children too, you know, yeah. and it is hundred percent generational. Like I grew up, I had anxiety from the time I popped out of the womb. Okay. I was biting my nails down to the nub and nobody was like, let's get this kid a psychologist. They were just like, ah, oh, she's fine. You know, I've, I've, I have a, a slew of mental disorders and it took me until my mid twenties to acknowledge them and even start trying to work on them. And at that point I had already had all of these unhealthy coping mechanisms that I had unfortunately learned because it wasn't taught to me that it was okay to talk about what I was feeling. It was always kids are meant to be seen, not heard. You know, what I say goes, it doesn't matter because I said so was my parents' favorite line. And that's so unhealthy because kids really need to understand in order to grow and learn and move on and build into functioning adults, which is a parent's job ultimately is to raise an adult, not a kid, you know? I always say we have such a short time to kind of like mold our children to be Mm -hmm. successful adults for the rest of life. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like zero to 18 is such a short time in the grand scheme of things. You know, once they turn 18 and they have all these like habits and, and routines and things that have been established in the way of thinking and coping and all of those things. I mean, zero to 18 is really a short time. And, and truly it's, it's not even all of those years that you're really molding them. It's, mm-hmm. it's really the younger years, you know? So um, I definitely agree with everything you just said. So, I mean, I think that we well, just do the best we can focusing on trying to make better, be better open communication and just like raise better adults. Yep. Definitely. No better do better. Right. Yep, definitely. Well, that was amazing. And I'm so glad that you were able to do this episode with us because you're the love of my life. I love you. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, having me on. I'm really, yeah, that wraps up um, all the time that we have, unfortunately. But I'm hoping we can get you on another episode soon. Oh, yeah. I'm always ready. Spiritual one. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it works really well. All right, guys. So, um, we're going to let you guys go and I hope you guys have an amazing day. I hope you guys have learned something from this or has made you feel better. Um, I know every time I re-listen to our podcast, sometimes it's like a therapy session for me. So, <laughs> so a therapy session in the books, but thanks again, Alessandra. And yeah, we'll hang yeah, on. Yeah. I had a blast. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys. So we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya.